and welcome to <coughs> Ray Mahovim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy that you are joining me here today, Thursday, live, October 29th at 11, 11. Why did I start so late? Okay, those of you who live in Brooklyn, I think could relate to me. I've been circling now for parking, I think maybe for 25 minutes. It is not normal, not normal. Well, in any case, thank you for waiting. I know a lot of you are like, is Rabbi Greenfield coming on today? What's going on? Okay, I'm here. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, I'm here. I'm actually coming this morning from a bris. I want to tell you, um, I'm sitting at this bris, and, you know, anybody who's gone to a bris, we go to bris all the time, you know, and it's like, it's just a special, special time. Like, that's the bris, that's the covenant that we have between us and Hashem. It's the fact, I mean, there's several brisim, and uh, that, that Hashem gives us, but... Uh, a bris milah I'm talking about, and um, I, I had this bris this morning, and I'm listening, and I'm davening, I'm saying to Hillim, and then at the end of the bris, everybody says, what? Same way <coughs> that this child has just entered into the bris, bris milah, bris of Hashem, so too this child should also enter Torah, Chuppah, and Maisim Tovim. Torah, we know, is you know, the obligation of all men to learn Torah. And Chuppah, the obligation to get married. And Maisim Tovim, which is the obligation to do Chesed. And I want to tell you something. It hit me. It just hit me. I'm thinking, okay, listen to this order. Torah, Chuppah, Maisim Tovim. First, this boy is going to go to Torah, then Chuppah, and then Maisim Tovim. I'm thinking, one second, that's not the order, really. The actual order should be Torah, Maisim Tovim, and then Chuppah. Why? Because if you think about it, a boy starts learning Torah at a very, very young age. He's learning Torah. He could be learning Pesukim, he could learn Torah, Chumash, Rashi, Mishnayis, and then he becomes bar mitzvah. You know, we said the eight Sahara. Until he's bar mitzvah, he has the eight Sahara. He becomes bar mitzvah. And when this child is going to become bar mitzvah, he could already start doing maisim toivim. He could already start doing acts of, chedz, acts of chesed, kind deeds. And what's this order? It shouldn't, it shouldn't be Torah, chuppah, maisim It should be Torah, maisim toivim, and then chuppah. Right? What's going on? And then I, I was reminded by the beautiful Dvar Torah which I know we mentioned this many times, but it's so, so important that under the chuppah, we make a bracha, yotzer ha'adam. We, make, we, we thank HaKadosh Baruch, Baruch HaTashem, Hashem, yotzer ha'adam, Hashem who creates the person. Yotzer ha'adam. So why, why are we saying that, yotzer ha'adam? Yotzer ha'adam should have been said today at the bris meal that I went to. Why didn't they say yotzer ha'adam then? What's the yotzer ha'adam? Yotzer ha'adam we say under the chuppah. Why? Because it's only through chuppah, through marriage, that we have this tremendous, tremendous opportunity to do chesed. And it made so much, this morning it like hit me, I'm like, wow, it makes so much sense. And we talk about it all the time. And, and I say different, you know, different memory chazal, the chulot, but this morning it was like, wow, yes, absolutely. First comes Torah, then comes chuppah, then comes Maisim Taivim. You cannot have... You don't have that, that, that full opportunity for mice and toivim, for chesed, until you get married. That, that's, that's the way it is. Why? Because we're so different. 
we're so different. We think, we feel, we perceive, we appreciate, we love, we analyze differently. Everybody is just so different. We're just so different. And Akash Baruch Hu sets this up in order for us to connect to Him, to Hashem, by giving and becoming the ultimate givers. Okay, so now today we have a very exciting class. Um... What are we going to be talking about today? Okay, today, you know, the past two weeks, we were talking about Shabbos and how to... Oh, by the way, those of you who are new to this show, what we do here is we try to give you skills and tools to connect and reconnect with your spouse to empower your marriage. doesn't mean you have to have a bad marriage. I mean, if you're listening to the show, some of you are having great marriages, but you know what it is? You're listening to the show and, and you're learning. You're learning skills, you're learning tools, you're empowering your relationships. And many times we, we don't always speak about marriage, we talk about parenting skills as well. But if you start with marriage, marriage is like the, like the baseline, the roots of a tree, right? The roots of a tree. Someone just told me about an organization called Roots. Interesting, I like that name, Roots. The roots of a tree. You have like the roots of a tree that, that, that sort of like gives, gives the basis for the whole tree. If, if there's no shalom bias in the house, I'm telling you, I'm telling you because I work with couples, I work with families, it, unquestionably, there's no shalom bias in the house, there's a problem with your chinuch. It's, just, it's one or the other. Why? Because children are being exposed to fights, children are being exposed to machlokas, they're, they're sometimes getting involved, sometimes trying to create a ruckus to distract you from your fights. Why? Shalom bias is like the basis. You know shalom bias, we have nothing. We really, really, really don't have, that's why it's shalom, shlemis, and bracha, eleba shalom. It's all about shalom. And that's what we talk about here. We talk about shalom. And, you know, to me, <coughs> shalom bias is not just, you know, it's not just a, a lecture, a class, a nice listen, thing to listen to. Oh, you heard about Greenfield? Oh, he speaks about shalom bias. Yeah, it's just a great class. It's not about that. It's about finishing this class and infusing your communication with your husband or with your wife with the skills and tools that we talk about. <clears throat> That's what it is. It's about, it's about integrating it into your life, into your, into your psyche, into your patterns, and then seeing that, wow, we're bringing the Shekhinah into our house. Okay, pri- you know, we, we haven't spoken about primary needs for a while, and I, I want to speak about this today because I want to lead into a very, very important topic. And again, I, many times I choose my topic just from certain things that I see, couples who I'm exposed to, and I'm like, okay, it seems like there's a pattern here, and let's just, you know, let me speak to my audience about it, because we want to just prevent all the agmas nefesh, the friction, the machlokas. Okay. Like this, ladies and gentlemen, we have primary needs. Both men and women have primary needs. And, and the obligation, the obligation of, especially the man, because really, you know, we speak about roles, and the man is really the giver in the relationship, the woman is the receiver, but really, it's really a two-way street. It really is a two-way street, meaning for the man and for the woman is, to, is a give-give relationship. It's not... I talk about giving and receiving. A woman is a natural receiver. However, that's not the mindset. The mindset in the relationship is that it's give on both ends. So what do I give? What do I give my husband? What do I give my wife? Okay, hello. Hi, welcome home. How's everything? Okay, I'm done. No, I'm not done. It's, it's much more complicated than that. The, the first premise that we have to know as married couples is as follows. And that is, we have different primary needs. What am I talking about? A woman's primary need, generally. Now, 
There are some exceptions to what I'm about to say, but I can tell you generally this is the way it is. This is the way it is. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to get into a, a feministic debate, go ahead. We, you know, call me later on. We could talk about it. But Lamaisa, at the end of the day, this is the way it is. You know, you like to hear it, not like to hear it. This is the way it is. At the end of the day, the woman, the way Akash created the woman as a receiver, needs to feel appreciated. She needs to feel cared about. She needs to feel loved. She needs to feel special. She, she has that, and she could start denying that, and you say, I'm not interested, okay, fine, what do I need my husband for? Like, you know, I have so many women come in for couples counseling, and they'll, they'll tell me, you know what, what why does it bother me so much that my husband has to spend so much time with me? Why does it bother me? Like, what do I care? Like, why can't I get, get over it? Why can't I get over it? And they're finding themselves, you know, it must be me. It must be, I, I probably have, ha- happen to be a very needy person, and I need his attention. Just say, no, it's normal, it's natural. That's your role. Your role is a receiver. Don't fight that. If you're going to fight that, you're going to become intolerant, judgmental, critical, attacking. You're not even going to realize you're doing it. So let's stop fighting that. That Why am I so needy? And why do I feel like I need him all the time? And, and why do I need him to spend time with me? Why isn't it okay if he just is in the house? This is the primary need of a woman. Now, there are exceptions. There are exceptions because there are secondary needs as well. The secondary need, which happens to be the primary need of the male, of the man, is to feel achieved. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the man, with a need, a desire, a want to feel achieved. Men who are listening to me right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have a day where you're not feeling fulfilled, whether you're working, you're not making money, or you, or even if nothing to do with money, you could just be working, you don't feel accomplished, you don't feel like you've done anything, you don't think that you've gotten anywhere, you've tried a bunch of things to do and it just didn't go, you've been calling customer service for three hours, it's frustrating, whatever it is, you're going to feel down. You're going to feel down. You're going to feel empty. You're going to feel down. At the end of the day, you're going to be frustrated because you don't feel achieved. And, that, and similarly, a woman who does not feel appreciated, loved, respected, cared about, special, is gonna, it's just going to lose. It's gonna, the, the relationship is going to become very bland. That's the bottom line. The relationship is going to co- become very bland, very monotonic, and chances are you're going to be fighting a lot. And the reason I say this is because if we're not receiving our primary needs, what's going to happen is automatically our brain is going to transition into offensive. And what I mean by offensive is being very intolerant, judgmental, attacking, criticizing. Not to mention many times that we're like that anyways, regardless, even if we have a great marriage, many times we're like that because we're wearing our hats, we're hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. We speak that many, many times. But what I'm, what I'm talking about right now is if we're not receiving our primary needs in the relationship, uh, or sometimes, honestly, for the men, it doesn't have to be in the relationship. It could be outside of the relationship. But at least we're feeling achieved in the relationship. If we're feeling achieved in the relationship, at least we have some sort of fulfillment. Okay, at least I made my wife happy. Because that is the primary need. Talk about primary needs. So the same way the woman has the primary need to feel cared about, loved, special, appreciated, the man has his primary need to feel achieved. And what that means in the relationship is that the man feels that he was successful in what? In making his wife happy. 
in in getting her in, in getting her into a, into a good state of mind, in pleasing her. So then, the question I always get from the women is then, if my husband wants to make me so happy so much, why isn't he doing it? Well, the answer is could be threefold. Number one, sometimes he's completely unempty, but most of the time it's because the way the the situation is set up is that the women are not asking for what they need in the, you know, as I say, in flingish. They're asking it in English, but not in flingish, the way I always speak about requests and how to make requests, because those are complex operations. You can't just ask for something because your husband might feel controlled, the hulu, and this is not the class about this. That's number one. And number two, many times men are trying to make their wives happy by doing things that they ask, and then they don't, they don't get appreciated themselves. Sometimes men are working really hard all day and they're not getting appreciated for that. And sometimes, and sometimes men are trying to please their wives in ways which their wives are not interested. Meaning they're trying to do things for their wives that they would enjoy. So let's say, for example, it's important for a man, for argument's sake, to feel, you know, to be served. Or let's say it's important for a man, for argument's sake, uh, a new iPhone, right? You want a new phone. So he'll buy his wife a new phone, and he's not spending any time with her. He's just getting her a new phone, and he's like, why isn't she happy? I don't understand. If I would, get, if I would have a new phone, I would be so happy. Why isn't she, so, why isn't she happy? He doesn't get it because there's, there's this disconnect. There's this disconnect between each other. So what I, what I want to start today is talking about primary needs, and I just want to focus. This, is not, this show is really not about primary needs but it's, it's an important intro to what we're about to talk about. First of all, as far as spending quality time, and, and I just want to, you know, I can't talk about this enough on my show. I really can't. I, I cannot talk about this enough on my show as far as spending quality time because it never ends. It never ends. Do you ever stop putting gas in your, those of you who have cars, do you ever stop putting gas in your car and say, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, the exception of those of you who have electric cars, whatever it is. But do you ever, do you ever stop and say, I'm done putting gas in my car? I don't care if it's not empty. I don't care. The car the car's going to break down. It's going to break down. Similarly, most women, their emotional gas tanks, if it's on empty, they're going to break down. They're going to break down. So they're going to be, they're going to be intolerant, judgmental, quippy with the kids. And you see your wives are all upset, also like, oh, like, you know, very, you know, using me as a din with the children and it gets frustrated. Well, they're not getting the attention they need. So they're not getting the attention they need. They don't have what to give. So for sure they want to naturally nurture the children. But if they're not receiving, they can't give. So it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a toxic cycle. Now, you know, we talk about spending time. And many men have a problem. They think that spending time with their wives means being in the same house, being in the same room, eating dinner with the family. These are all very nice things, but that's not spending quality time. I, 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 you know, I feel like I talk about this all the time, but it's important. It's important because men are just not plugging into this. And, and ladies, they're not, not doing it because they don't care about you. I, I want you to understand this. This is very important. The men are not, not giving you the time because they don't care about you. They're not doing it because it doesn't come naturally to them. Not because they... they, they by the way, you should know, and I, you know, whenever I work with couples at night, you know, we push the man to spend time with his wife. At the end of the day, they're, all, they're, both, they're both very, very happy. They both enjoy it. They all love spending time with each other, and it's really, really a great experience. 
The problem is it's not coming naturally to the men because that's not the, man, the way the man is wired. A man could sit with another man in the same room and, and, and you know, read a book or, or do something, and he, we just spent really great quality time. But you know what? For the women, it doesn't work. And the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, men, is that at the end of the day, you, you and I know that it's really not quality time. Quality time means direct communication. <clears throat> that's what quality time means. Quality time means that you're spending communicating, t- listening is a big one. Listening to your spouse, okay? You're listening, communicating, and that all that's happening. So it's not about being in the same house. It's not about eating dinner. It's not about reading together. It's about communicating, listening, venting, and most of all, communicating emotions. That's a big piece. It's not just, you know, talking about Stam Shtosim. Stam Shtosim is something, you know, you could talk about with your friend, or you can hack with someone else, but with your wife, these, you're having an emotional conversation. She's telling you how she feels. She's exploring her feelings. She wants to be validated. She wants to be listened to. She wants to be heard. Men, same thing. Ladies, men need it as well. I just want to make this clear. This is not a one-way street. Men need this as well. They also want to be listened to, validated, and that's when the, that's when the glue starts starts, starts coming out and, and, and sticking. That's when we feel connected. That's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us. Now, next. Um, oh yeah, I, before I go next, I just want to mention this. I just want to say this one more time. Men. You're seeing that your wives are becoming critical, judgmental, intolerant, and like everything's bothering them. The first line of defense is spending quality time with them. The first line of defense, not, not spending enough quality time. Now, they might have their hats on. I speak about the hats all the time. But if, they, if you see that it's happening over and over and over again, and it doesn't really seem like they're sleeping and they're not really tired and angry or, or stressed. So what's, what's, what's with my wife? Why is she all of a sudden so upset, you might be asking? Well, the answer is very simple. The answer is you're not spending enough quality time. You're not filling up her emotional gas tank. And this is what's happening. Okay. Now, the next thing that I want to talk today about, I should say the main thing that I want to talk today about is tit for tat. I'm just looking at, at some of the notes that I jotted at this morning. I had to go to a bris, so was, I only have so much time to prepare for the show. But I'll tell you like this. Before I before I go to tit for tat, I, I just want to mention like this while we're on this topic. Ladies, to calm your husbands down, if you see your husbands are not necessarily naturally giving you what you need, sometimes it's important to, to, to uh, recreate the process. You know, we say that, you know, a woman's like a mirror. If she gets the love, she'll give the love. But sometimes, ladies... I ask you to work it the other way around, meaning to start by giving your husband what he needs. This is especially true and always true for husbands who are coming home from work. Uh, many of your husbands are in Kolel, wherever they're coming from, but uh, it's especially true they're coming home, they had a hard day, they were frustrated, all sorts of bills and financial issues and business or, or, or whatever it is. Even the, the men who are on Kolel, you know, come home, what happens is a man wants to feel achieved. The way he feels achieved is when his wife gives him, you know, they say the word respect. Now, I got to be careful with that word. You, you, know, you know what words I hear thrown around a lot in, about marriage? Respect, ego. Uh, oh, my husband has, men have egos, men have respect. You know what it really is? Let me just explain to you at the end of the day. What it is is your husband has the need to feel achieved. And if he doesn't feel achieved during the day, when he, you, when he comes home and you greet him, and you greet him, now I know you might have a crazy day yourself, 
and and it's got to work both ways. But when your husband does come home, he needs really, he needs in order to feel achieved to be greeted. Now, it, it's we're not talking about something complicated. We're really not talking about something complicated. Many of you are doing this anyways, but it's just a validation that hi, how are you? How are you doing? How's your day? Why don't you come sit down, have dinner? Now, this is very, very important. And the reason I'm saying this is because many of your husbands are very unhappy. They're very unhappy for many reasons. Even if they're making money, they, they might be having frustration with their partners in work. They might be having, uh, you know, they might be having frustrations with, with their bosses. There are all sorts of frustrations. And I, I get a lot from the ladies. My husband is so unhappy, so forbittered. So I'm telling you, a trick is when he comes home, like the Rambam says, let him feel like a king. Let him feel like a king. Of course, he should make you feel like a queen. But sometimes we're going to have to turn the table around. And I'm going to tell the ladies, sometimes you're going to have to start. Because otherwise your husband doesn't have what in it to give you. Is it really an excuse? Lamaisa, no, it's not an excuse. But let's be real. Let's be real. So I say to ladies, no matter what, even the house is crazy. You're upstairs with the kids. You know, your husband comes home. Come downstairs. You can even say, I'm having a crazy day, but it's great to see you. Just say that. And that'll calm your husband down. Sometimes your husband has to go to his cave because the way he deals with his stress and the way you deal with your stress is completely different. The way you deal with stress is you have to talk, you want to feel validated, you want to speak to someone. The way your husband deals with stress, he's got to veg out, he's got to escape, he's got to go somewhere to La La Land, whether that means reading a book, whether that means to, to listen to music, or whatever he does, sometimes he has to do that. And I, I, I'm telling you, this is very important. If you see that when your husband comes home, there's like a lot of stress and tension and anger and all sorts of stuff. Very important to give him his cave time. I would say work it out with your husband. Say, you know, I see you're very tense when you come home. Why don't you come? When you come home, come home, go to your office or whatever, sit for 10 minutes, relax, then come back out. It'll make me happier because, of course, I want your help. But if you're going to come and help me like in, 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 with, like, with like tone and with like anger and resentment, I'm not interested in your help. I'm not interested in your help. I, I want someone to help me who wants to help me, not someone who, who resents to help me, who's forced to do it. So sometimes you're going to have to give him his cave time. It's important. And then later on, you're going to connect and reconnect. Okay. Next. Tit for tat. This, this is a biggie. Ladies, I know many ladies listen to me, Baruch Hashem, in the, in, in, getting ready for Shabbos. And, and, you know, they're getting ready for Shabbos, and it's hard to focus sometimes. And many men now, um, Thursday, listening to me in the car or in their offices. But I would say most of the men who listen to me at this point are listening to me in their car. So I'll tell you like this. I know you're doing whatever you're doing now, and you're very busy. But I would say just pay attention for the next five minutes because this is very important, what I'm about to talk about. And that's as follows. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. A lot of us are getting entangled in a toxic loop, which I call tit for tat. There is there are arguments that are developing in your house and you can argue about whatever it is. You can start arguing about something and then the argument escalates and then you start arguing about what you're about the way you're arguing and then it gets out of control and then then it's like then it's like a like a runaway truck without any brakes. It just it just it could collapse and it just goes crazy. And we have to be very careful, very careful in our marriages. Number one, not to get entangled in the tit for tat. Don't get entangled in the first place, because if you do, it's a spider web. It's going to be very, very, very hard for you to get out of it. It's number one. Number two, if you find yourself 
in the tit for tat with your husband or your wife, you have to know how to escape. This could be very damaging, A, to your relationship, number one, and B, if you have children to your children, because many times they're exposed to this. They shouldn't be. And, and as many times I tell couples, do not do this in front of the children. Unfortunately, sometimes it just comes out of the children. It shouldn't. It really, really shouldn't because it's toxic for the children. So you have to know how to escape. Okay, so what am I talking about? You know, I, I came up, Baruch Hashem, I, I didn't do anything. Hatziyata Deshmaya, to come up with an acronym, for all the possible reasons that your husband or your, or that you're upset at your husband or you're upset at, upset at your wife. I'm upset at my, at my wife. I'm upset at my husband. Why are you upset? So I came up with something called pirates, right? P for pet peeves, I for insults, R for requests, A for attention, T for Torah, E for expectations. So let's, 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 you know, let's choose a couple of them and let's go through some, uh, some examples. I, I put the, some examples together for you. None of these examples actually happen, but uh, some of them might be happening in your house and some of them you might be related to, but I know these are common. I know these are common, but this is not based on anything that actually happened. Okay, here's the first one, okay? Here's the first one. Erev Shabbos, okay? Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, Husband is, is, the man is getting ready for Shabbos, took a shower, is coming out of shower, is getting, about to get dressed, whatever it is, looking for a suit, says to his wife, right, so he's, he's, he's you know, he's, he's finished, he's, he's finished shaving, he's, he's, he's wearing his robe, and he's thinking to himself, okay, what suit am I going to wear? And he's saying to himself, okay, oh, right, 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 I asked my wife, right, right. So he says to his wife, um, do you know what my blue suit is? So his wife says to him, um, no, I, I don't know. Like, wh what do you mean? You didn't take it out of the cleaners? And his wife's like, no, I didn't take it out of the cleaners. And he's like, but, but I, I told you this morning to, to pick it up from the cleaners. She's like, okay. So, so why didn't you pick it up from the cleaners? I don't understand. She says, why did I pick it up from the cleaners? You didn't tell me. To pick I said to you, if I have a chance, I'll pick it up from the cleaners. I didn't tell you I'm picking it up from the cleaners. I said, if I have a chance, I, I didn't have And he's like, that's, that's, what are you talking you told me you're going to pick it from the cleaners. You didn't say if I have a chance. And she says, no, it's not true. I told you if I have a chance. And he's like, why are you saying that? It's not true. And escalates and escalates and the tit for tat and back and forth. He's trying to prove that he's right. She's trying to prove that she's right. And before you know it, generally these things become toxic because they get upset at each other. The blood boils. They put their hats on, and before you know it, they're insulting each other, chas and hurting each other's feelings. Very, very, very dangerous. This is tit for tat number one. Okay, tit for tat number one. Here, tit for tat number two. Pet peeves. Ladies, let's say your husband, you told him a million times, please, you know, I, I prepare for Shabbos. On the Shabbos table, especially when we have guests, can you not pick from the salad bowl? Could you, I, have, I, have, you know, I don't care if it's tomatoes, they're round, they're blue, they're green. You know, I, I put in a serving a, a, a serving spoon. Just use a serving spoon. Why are you picking from it? You told us this, this a million times. And here we go again, Shabbos, and there are people, and he's picking. And it's bothering you. Now, I'm not saying that it should bother you, but let's say it does bother you. It's a pet peeve. It bothers you, right? So you say to your husband, you say to your husband, listen, now, obviously, you don't say it to him during the meal. I hope you're not saying it during the meal. Hopefully, it's happening afterwards, Right? And privately, so you say to your husband, you go to him, you say, you say, do you think it's normal to pick from the salad like that? I'm asking you a question. Do you think it's normal? No. What does your husband say? He says, no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You're just being sensitive. Listen, listen to this conversation. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You're just being sensitive. Boom. You hear what just happened? 
He just sort of like dropped an atom bomb on her. You're being sensitive. So what is she going to say? She's going to say, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm actually sensitive. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother you. Of course she's not going to say that. No one's going to say that. She'll, she'll get him back. She'll get him back because this is autopilot. And what is she going to say? She's going to say to him, I'm being sensitive. You're the one who wouldn't even eat an apple unless it's washed. And you're telling me that I'm sensitive? So what's he going to say to her? He's going to say to her, no, no, that's different because that's, that's bacteria. That's bacteria, she'll say to him. That's bacteria. What are you, you're putting your own bacteria in, into this house. Like, I'm not putting my bacteria into this house. That's washing. And before you know it, they're having this whole blown out fight. And the kids start listening and it gets nasty. And it's just, you have the tit for tat, the tit for tat. Who's right? Am I right or are you right? Am I right or are you right? Here's another one. This one actually is based on attention needs, right? Uh, sorry, these are best based on, on what? This insult, insult. Here's an insult for you. Insult what? Um, there's rugelach. Dinner is served. And out comes the rugelach, chocolate rugelach, yeah. And the children are having chocolate rugelach. Everybody's enjoying the chocolate rugelach. So what your, your little maishi says, says to you, Mommy, you made the rugelach? And then your husband says, Mommy didn't make the rugelach. Mommy doesn't know how to make rugelach. It's my bubby. And that's insulting. That could be insulting for a wife. I mean, I doesn't know how to make Maybe I do know how to make but I just don't make it because I don't have enough time. Maybe I don't know how to make it, but you don't have to say it. So later on, what happens? Wife goes over to husband. And says to him, can I ask you a question? How would you like it if at the next meal I would tell children that you were thrown out of yeshiva? <laughs> I know that's bizarre. But she was very, very hurt. So she'll say this. Like, how would you like if I would insult you, basically, she's saying. Like, I don't get this. Like, why are you insulting me? And he's like completely blown away, not understanding what he did. And he's like, what did I do here? I don't understand. Why, why are you so upset at me? And he's like, what did I do? And she says to him, well, you, you embarrassed me. I didn't embarrass you. I just said it. That, I mean, that's embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. I don't care if you do it. And before you know, you know tit for tat and tit for tat. And, and I want to tell you, most of machlokas in your houses, you will see that most of it is tit for tat. I'm trying to prove that I'm right, and you're trying to prove that you're right. And you know where we get with this? Nowhere. It's a dead end. It's a dead end because either, either it ends up being that we insult each other, and then we're just hurt, or you just run away, or... Or we just keep on arguing and arguing and arguing, and we don't get anywhere. You're not going to convince anybody. Nothing, you're not getting anywhere. You're not convincing. Now, it's important to know. It's very, very important to know. And I hope you're listening to this. This is normal. This is normal. This is a very normal interaction in a relationship. What do you mean, Greenfield? It's very normal. It's not happening in your house. I want to tell you, if this is not happening in your house, then Baruch Hashem, you've succeeded to be Mavatar so much that you just let things go so much that you never get into these, never, bechlal, get, in, get into arguments. Arguments don't exist. But it's normal. It's especially normal in the beginning of the relationship. And, and it, it, can, it can be very normal throughout the relationship. Throughout the relationship. Because some of these, sne- some of these issues sneak upon us. It's like you have certain expectations of your spouse and you'll ask him why he didn't do it and he'll give you an, an excuse. Now let me tell you something about excuses. This is very important. Excuses is something that we are programmed to do whether we like it or not. We excuse ourselves all the time. Children excuse themselves. And not just excuse themselves, but also deny. Denial is very, very, very common. Those of you who are teachers, who teach children in your classrooms, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you say to the kid, why, why are you talking? I'm not talking. I'm not talking. He's talking. I mean, you just saw him talk. You saw him interrupt your class. 
How could the child tell you so brazenly that he's not talking? You know what? This child's a liar. At the end of the day, he's a chakran. That's it. I have no respect for this kid. He probably comes from a bad home. He's a chakran. No, 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 no. It's normal for a child to do this. This is the way we're programmed. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the best and highest level is to work on ourselves to be able to introspect and to realize our flaws and to tell our husbands, you're right, I'm wrong. Or to tell our wives, you're right, I made a mistake. It doesn't happen. You know, I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face, ladies and gentlemen. You know it doesn't happen. They're constantly giving excuses. Why is it happening? Because this is the way Kaddish created us. I cannot feel wrong about myself because I'm going to feel very bad. And I'm programmed that I'm right. I'm not wrong. I'm right. So you're wrong, and I'm right. Now, if you don't believe me, we see this in the public spectrum all the time. Take a look, for example, those of you who are dabbling a little bit into politics. So you have the Democrats and you have the Republicans. Are they ever going to agree with each other? No. If they do, it's a miracle. They're always going to hold their sheetas. The Republicans are always going to hold the conservative sheetas, and the liberal and, uh, and the Democrats are going to hold the liberal attitudes in their sheetas. Why is it? Are there other people in the middle? Yeah, there are people in the middle. But generally, if you look at everybody, they generally stick to their guns, each one with his or her agenda. Why is that? Why can't you be a little bit conservative here and a little bit liberal here? Because if you have a certain sheet that you stick with it throughout. And of course, I'm right. I'm right. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you getting so upset? Sometimes to the point where we really fool ourselves. We truly fool ourselves to think that that's what happened. So... Ladies and gentlemen, especially men, because men complain to me about this all the time. When you're hearing your wife is saying something that you know, it never happened, I'm telling you right now two things. First of all, it's very possible that in your mind it's but the truth of the matter is it actually did happen. And second of all, if you're so sure that it did never, never happen, I'm telling you something called cognitive dissonance, meaning that we many times just see things differently. It's not just see things as we really do see things differently. It's completely different. I, I would, if I would have to, I would say, hey, this, that I, that I never did that. And that's the next point. If I had to, I would say testimony in court that I never, I never told you that I'm going to the cleaners. I said to you, if, if I have a chance, I'll do it. Now, did it happen? Did it not happen? Who cares? Either it actually did happen and she's telling you the truth, which is very, very possible, or she's not telling you the truth, but in her mind, that is the truth. You're not going to convince her. And the reason for that is because that's the our way our brain is wired. I Automatically, I'm going to protect myself. Now, for those of you who are feeling bad listening to this and saying, I mean, I would never do that. I would never do that. Ladies and gentlemen, in Judaism, in Yiddishkeit, we have something called edus, testimony. And at the end of the day, you cannot be made on yourself. That's not going to work. If you're in a case in court, in a Jewish court, a non-Jewish court, obviously, as well, we know that. But I'm telling you now, in a, in a Bezdin, in a Bezdin, if you're, let's say, you know, there's a claim against you that you owe someone money or that you did something, you can't go up and say, well, I'm saying I don't owe the person money. That's it. Or I'm saying, I'm saying that I never did that. So I'm one witness, and then you've got to be another witness. No, no, no. You're 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 Nagabadavar. So you might think that that never happened. You might interpret it like that, but automatically our nature is to protect ourselves. So the point over here is this is especially true for the men, is let it go. Let it go. You're not gonna convince your wife. And and ladies, ladies, you know you're not gonna convince your husbands. And the reason I say this more for the men than 
then for the women, honestly, not because the men are not doing this also. The men are doing this also. They are doing this also, for sure. But I'm telling you this is because men have this issue where they can't let go. They just can't let go. It's like, we're just going to fight the whole night until I prove to you that I'm right. Women don't generally have this. A woman just like, it's whatever, let's just let's get over it. I don't want to fight with you. I feel very, very far from you. I'm not, I don't like this. That's the way the woman feels. The man, on the other hand, he's like, no, I'm going to prove to you that I'm right. Gentlemen, let it go. When you see this, the tit for tat, when you see that all of a sudden you're trying to prove yourself, she's trying to prove herself. She's telling you she didn't do anything wrong. You're telling her that she did. Or you're defending yourself that you didn't do anything wrong and she's saying that you did. Back and forth. Remember this class. You're in a toxic loop. Escape as soon as possible. And let me tell you also why. The reason you have to escape, gentlemen especially, is because right now you have your hats on. I, I, I'm telling you for sure. You have your hats. Once you got into the toxic loop, it's automatically like, like a magnet that's drawing the hat on. Your blood pressure is, 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 is much higher than it was before. Your heartbeat is much higher. You're cooking. You're cooking. If you're cooking, nothing is going to help at this point. It's just going to get really, really nasty. So, ladies, I'm asking you, say to your husbands, I really rather not discuss it. Let's discuss this later. I'd really rather not discuss it right now. Men, if you hear that from your wife, please don't push them to the wall. Don't push them to the wall. Ladies, say to your husband, I really don't feel we shouldn't discuss this. Let's di but but, but this, is, this is a caveat. Tell your husband, let's discuss this later. When? When are we going to talk about it? Let's discuss this tomorrow morning. Yes, go to sleep. Discuss this tomorrow morning. Let's discuss this after the meal. Let's discuss this. Now, the thing with discussing it in the morning, sometimes you're going to have a problem. You're not going to be able to sleep. If that's an issue, then it's a really big issue, and then discuss it in an hour. When you calm down, go downstairs. Let's take, let's take a break. Let's have a coffee. We'll discuss this later on. Let's not talk about it right now. That's number one. That's number one escape hatch that the women can use. Now, men, there's another way to get out of this. I'm giving you this tool, but I know a lot of you are not going to do this because this is high-level. This is high, high-level marriage tactics. When I say high level, it's incredibly difficult. Incred it takes a tremendous amount of self-discipline. Tremendous amount of self-discipline. And, and it, it, it's, just, it's just very hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. What am I talking about? Men. If you see you're in a toxic loop with your wife, whatever it is, Right? Let's say you're. Bl this is especially true if you're blaming her about something. Especially true if you're not that she's blaming you. If you're blaming her about something, you're blaming your wife about something that she didn't pick up the stuff from the cleaners, or that you asked her to make a flashika dinner, or that you told her to leave to leave soda in the fridge for you. Whatever it is, and she's arguing. You never told me. It was in that back and forth. Just let it go. Say, so, you know, what? it's not important. It's not important. We're in a toxic loop, and you know what? I'll tell you the truth. You're not going to agree with me, and I'm not going to agree with you. So let's just, let's just forget about it. Let's just forget about it. I know how difficult this is, men, because you're cooking. You're cooking. And it depends. The further you are into the loop with your wife, the harder it is to get out of it. It's like a pitfall. And the, you know, and, 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 and the lower you fall, the harder it is to climb out. That's the way these loops are. So nonetheless, nonetheless, Men, I'm telling you, if you see yourself entangled, remember this class. Your wife will never agree with you. 
I'm saying this to the men because women have a, have a much easier time letting go. Woman doesn't have to prove herself. So if men are listening to me, I'm like, oh, you don't know my wife. But I'm telling you in general, women don't have that issue so much where they have to prove themselves. They don't, they're not a Gemara cup. They don't have to prove themselves that they're right, this and that. They'll just, they just don't want to fight with you. So you know what? Men, let it go. Say, you know what? We're in a loop. You hold whatever you hold. I hold whatever. We're not going to agree to. Let's agree to disagree and let's just move on. Okay, fine. And at that point, you're going to feel a little bit weird because it's like you don't feel close. You clearly don't feel close because the truth of the matter is you should have never gotten into that loop in the first place because you never expressed your feelings, which you were supposed to. You didn't speak flingish. But you're, you're, you're a part and just give yourself time. Don't expect to be all like, fine, I'm sorry, everything's good. Just give yourself time. We're in a loop now. Let's get out of it. It's okay. You know what? You hold what you hold. Whatever. It's okay. Fine. Let's forget about it. Let's forget about it. Okay, fine. Now, <clears throat> Men, if your wives are complaining to you that you're not spending time with them, if that's what the loop is all about, if you sense, if you sense that, they're, that they're, they're, what they're really saying is you don't come on time, and, and we don't have time together, and you ignore me, and, and, and you see me the first time during the day, and all you have to say is, is, uh, is where's the credit card? If that's what's happening, your wife basically needs reassurance. This is very important. If you're in a loop because your wife is claiming that you don't care about her and you're only asking her uh, you know, practical things. The first time you saw her during the day, you don't speak to her, nothing. If that's what's happening, guys, don't enter the loop. Don't like keep on looping. Don't looping. You're not going to get anywhere. It's like a loop. You know, on the radio sometimes, right, songs get stuck in a loop and it just goes over and over and over again. You're not going to get anywhere with this stupid loop. You're not going to get anywhere. I'm telling you right now, what you need to do is you have to get out of the loop, number one, say, you know, we have to agree to disagree because obviously you don't agree with me. I'll get no problem, number one. Number two, give her reassurance. That's what she wants. Just give her reassurance. What's the problem? Say to her, I really do care about it. I want to tell you, you're right. I did or why I didn't do it, but I just want to let you know. I thought I paid attention to you. I really did. But you know what? You say to her, and this is important, say to her, I do care about you, I do love you, and I do want to spend time with you, and I'm sorry I didn't come out that way. Just do that. Just do that. Don't expect her to be okay. She's not going to say, oh, okay, fine, we're good. She'll say, okay, fine, we'll see. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And at that point, make it your business to give her attention. At that point, make it your business to schedule time for her. Make it your business to, 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 to be able to come home and not just you know, accommodate your own needs, but accommodate her needs also, which are primarily his attention. So it's very, very important um, very, what I'm talking about as, as far as, as this type of loop. Because this type of loop, you can't just escape. You have, to always, you have to reassure your wife. That's an important piece. Okay. Um, yeah. How did you ever get into the loop? I, I'll tell you. You want to know how you even got into the loop in the first place? Let me tell you a secret, how you got into the loop. The reason you got into the loop is because you didn't speak Flingish. Meaning, the reason you got into the loop is because something was bothering you about your spouse. And instead of, number one, waiting, because if, you if you're really upset about it, you should have waited a little bit. You have to wait. I'm telling you, you have to wait, number one, to calm yourself down. But number two, if you couldn't be Mavater, right? If you couldn't be Mavater, if you can't be Mavater, for whatever reason it is, you can't be Mavater, right? And, and by the way, you know I'm the biggest advocate of being Mavata. I'm the biggest advocate of being Mavata. But if you couldn't be Mavata, I say, you know, two times. It was an atom bomb or, it was, or it's going to happen again and over and over and over again. But generally, you should be Mavata. Really, I would say 95% of the time you should be Mavata. But if you couldn't be Mavata, then later on, later on, you should have came over to your wife. And then you could have said to her, after you've taken all the, all the clothing off your bed, Another complaint, very common, that women are leaving 
clothing on their husband's bed. You know, it's funny, leaving clothing on husband's bed, many of us don't live in like extravagant houses. Some of us do. Baruch Hashem. Hashem blessed us. But it's very normal for a woman to do laundry and does the laundry and, and folds the laundry on the bed. It's a very normal thing. It's happening. I tell, you, I tell you how many families I know who do this. But what's happening is many times the laundry is left there. Husband comes home, wants to go to sleep, and for whatever reason is he can't because there's all this clothing piled on top of the bed. So the husband is going to come home, and he wants to go to sleep. And what does he tell his wife? He says to her, "Oh, you know what? I guess I'm I, I guess I'm going to sleep on the floor tonight." Like, what is that? That's sarcasm. I guess I'm going to sleep on the floor tonight. That's not being nice with your wife. That's not controlling yourself and helping her with it and taking it off. And then, if you can't be mavater, later on, telling her, you know, the next day, the next morning, saying to her, you know what, I know you're probably busy, but for me, when I come home, and I want to go to sleep. I'm so, so, so tired. It's important for me that, uh, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the clothing is, is off the bed. That would make me very happy. Now, She's going to defend herself. She really is. What do you mean? What do you, why are you telling me that? You know what happened last night. There was a wedding, and we came back home late, and I only started falling in the laundry, and I take the kids to the doctor. You know what? That's normal. That's, that's human nature. We defend ourselves. Don't get entangled in the tit-for-tat, guys. I'm telling you, don't get entangled in tit-for-tat. She feels bad. She feels criticized. It's very hard for anyone to feel criticized. I don't care if they were wrong. Well, you're wrong. Get over it. No such things. you're wrong. Get over it. Well, you know, people say, you're so needy. That's your thing as being needy in a marriage, like being too needy. Sorry, being too needy. I mean, too needy. Okay, there are exceptions. Actually, I take that back. There are exceptions. There are, there are, there are times people maybe have mental disorder and, or maybe they, you know, they come from a situation where, where it's overboard. But the truth is, even overboard is not really overboard, unless it's a mental illness, and that has to be treated in its own way. But unless it's a mental illness, I would say there's no, there's no such thing as being over needy. That's the woman you married. She comes from a home she hasn't received love and attention and affection, and she needs more. That's normal. That's normal. And some la- ladies, some of your husbands are like this also. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Some of the husbands are like this also. They need a lot of attention. They also need love. Sometimes the men have the primary need love. It works the other way around, but generally not. So the point of the matter is today that I'm telling you is that no right, such thing as being too needy. Well, why don't you stay in touch with me today? Why are you being so needy? I'm not being needy. I, I just want to feel like I have a husband. Yes, you know, gentlemen, men who are listening to this, important to know. People ask me all the time. I say, yes, we, we're in touch with our wives in the morning and the evening because we leave the house and we come home, right? So in the morning and the evening. During the day, we have to stay in touch. Sometimes, sometime during the day, we have to stay in touch to give a phone call, a, a text or something. I'm thinking about you. How's your day? How's it going? Something, something in the day. If you're not doing this, at least put something in your in, in your phone and your and your and I'm I'm not talking about staying in touch for practical reasons. Did you do the health insurance or did you deposit money in the bank? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an emotional connection. I'm thinking about you. How's your day? Are you okay? Is everything okay? Men, it's really on you. It's 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 on us. That's that's from Kashbahu puts it on us as the givers to do it. To do it. Now, ladies. Sometimes your husband needs it as well. I'm not saying. Some, some, some husbands needed that as well. And you, you could determine that. You could determine that. Now, before I go, and I had so much more. We always have so much more to talk about, Baruch Hashem. Before I go, I just to mention, as far as being mevater, it's a big one here. As far as being mevater, if you're letting it go, let it go with a full heart. Really, let it go with a full heart. Because if you're going to let it go with a half a heart, your spouse is going to feel it, and, and they're going to feel very uncomfortable about it. So, if, man, if you're coming home, and and you open your you know and the, you open your drawer, 
and there's no socks, right? And you're thinking like, why did my, why did my wife put socks in, in the drawer? That's, for those of you who don't have house cleaning or whatever, something you do. But I'm just giving you an example, right? And why, why don't I have socks in my drawer? Why don't I have socks in my drawer, right? So you, I'm going to control myself. So your wife's in the room, and you're opening the drawer, and you look at the socks, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess we have no socks. Okay, I'll get myself. You know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is she's going to she's going to defend herself. She's going to defend herself. And then you're going to get into the tit for tat again, that toxic loop. So don't do it. Just just open up the sock drawer. Don't say anything. And be mevater all the way. Let's do it the way Akadosh Baruch does. Let's be mevater all the way. Now, ladies, if you see... This works both ways, by the way, both men and women. But ladies, if you, especially important what I'm about to say for ladies. Ladies, if you see that your husband is not mevater all the way, like he's opening up the sock drawer and whatever... I'm telling you, if you're going to defend yourself and say, well, I, didn't get a chance to, I did not get a chance to do the socks because I was so busy today you know, with, with, with our, the baby who was throwing up. Don't say anything. I know this is very hard for you, what I'm telling you right now, but trust me, don't say anything. Because he's not going to go for any excuses. And I'll tell you why. Because he's upset, he has his hats on, he's, just, he's going to defend himself. He's a man. He's not wrong, right? So the point of the matter is, don't get into the tit-for-tat, ladies. Don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. I understand that he wasn't Mavatar 100%. He should have been Mavatar, but he wasn't. But the fact that he wasn't, don't defend yourself. Just let it go. Be Mavatar. Bring Shalom in your houses. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been, this has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Have an amazing week, an amazing Shabbos. Any questions, text, feedback, 917-397-2841, 917-397-2841. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.